Hi, I'm Jennifer. And I'm Matt. This podcast is your regular dose of uplifting, inspiring, and motivating life changing tips and success strategies to help you create the wealth, health, lifestyle, passion, and prosperity for your own life that you want to create. Welcome to the Prosperity Project. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 15. How did we get here? Our journeys in life so far. Now, what we like to do at the start is obviously welcome you to the podcast. As We've been doing this a couple of months now and we're trying to put out episodes maybe once or twice a week. I think we're going to find though, as we get back into this week in particular, that things might become a little bit more routine, not so sporadic with the podcast. And why is that, Matthew? Because the kids are going back <laughs> to school and I am delighted it's been a long time five Five months months. five long months so now the kids are going back they are they go back to school as we record it so they're about to go back Um, and yeah it's been five months incredible time obviously we've all survived a pandemic so yay for us the UK is about to enter a recession so maybe a little bit of a turbulent time ahead but you know we'll cover that eventually no doubt on the podcast but yeah kids are back to school it's been scorching up here in Glasgow as well as no doubt it's probably been about the August time if you're listening as we release this but yeah it's been really warm just enjoying family time together and very much looking forward to a bit of a schedule again wouldn't you say yeah I definitely think they're getting back into a routine where the kids are at school we have time during the day around your day job to be able to produce content like this mm, and things for the really other good. channels and also I think the kids just need to get back into school need to get back into learning and seeing friends and people their age yeah, and, exactly. and all the rest of that so I think it's it's important that that's kicking back in and hopefully it gets to stay like that i know and the flip side as well as parents we've never experienced five months ever like we haven't taken our kids out of school to go traveling or any of those things you know we survived together as a family for five months life definitely different i think actually although lockdown's picking up and what we can do i'd like to think there's actually new habits we've developed like better habits i think maybe everyone can relate to that you may be more okay with being in the house and family time and things like that yeah i think not quite as fighting to fill the time Mm, mm. as i used to be trying to think oh it's the weekend we should probably do something. Yeah, yeah. It's actually, I think we got better at just being at peace and really not having a big list of things to do. Yes. And instead just be able to settle in and around the house and enjoy little bits and pieces here and there. Absolutely, absolutely. So as we say, today's episode, we're actually going to kind of backtrack a little bit. So if you followed all the past episodes, we really delve into prosperity. And that's a passion project for us. And it's not just about money, health, well-being. It's having that holistic experience of life that you're striving for the balance that works for you. It's certainly not, I don't believe, somebody's position to say you must have this amount of money or you must be running 10 times a week or anything. This is very organic. And our hope is you get the strategy you get some insight into things that we've picked up over our journeys that then hopefully can help you in those aspects of your life and the thing is both of us have come from very different places and had quite different experiences over the course of time but it's interesting how you find that two people can come together and have a similar mindset and end up on a journey that leads to where we are at the moment and 
who knows what possibilities might occur in the future. So it's quite incredible that I guess you don't need to come from a specific background, but there's lots available and we're proof of it being quite different from our beginnings. Absolutely. So to summarise the stage that we are at right now, obviously Matt and I are married. We've been married, oh, well, I was trying to think how many years, seven years. Seven years. Ne- nearly seven years. Um, and we're based up here in Scotland, as you can tell by my accent. Matt came up here eight years ago now and kind of we joined living life in Glasgow. And what we do, if you don't know our backgrounds in some detail, so I work a day job, I work in the IT industry at the moment, but I all also have passion projects on the side and a couple of episodes ago we talked about actually those passion projects have enabled life to be a bit different from the norm so the structure of life actually is now for us that Matt gave up the corporate life last year to be with our two boys we've got two boys under the age of eight and they are seven and four and the balance for us is basically Matt takes on more than 50% share of managing the house I think that's fair to say managing the boys he kind of micromanages you know when the school run comes along there's lots of aspects of of the daily life that he'll manage more than me but overall what will happen is we've built up these additional income streams that add up to quite a huge you know a good sized portion now of our life so that the day job is that solid foundation and then we've got options with the side hustles that we do together and also kind of meet independently so I have a YouTube channel that's called Mama Furfur I've also got courses and books and things like that and we started also a family channel on YouTube last year last September called the Kempson House so for us our passion over the past couple of years and you know I've only been making YouTube videos for like two and a half three years now nearly our passion is really sharing wisdom and content that we hope will help others so let's track back let's go back before (laughs) all of this stuff and let's start way back let's start at the beginning how did we get here let's go back to the title (laughs) so go on your education upbringing and all that stuff okay cool um so i was born and raised in glasgow i'm not going to tell the year that would be give too much away but yeah my education um south side of glasgow so the south side of glasgow's fairly middle class shall we say my parents were working class they worked their way up and I've lived in kind of that middle class suburbs of Glasgow pretty much all my life now and my education the main education in my life has been I went to university Glasgow University and I got a master's in engineering so I was an electronic and electrical engineering graduate specialized in robotics I'm sure you're going to mock my robotics project I'm not going to make any comment you made an underwater robot I did indeed it didn't go under water though because it wasn't safe by any means because I had to go to B&Q to get the parts for it this is how limited the funding was at university but anyway I passed I got my master's degree which was five years and that was my kind of education flow through school and through high school my passion areas were computing and then it was old school computing it was using Comal for all you slightly older people listening to the podcast you might recognize that language I love computing physics and maths wasn't really that great or didn't really enjoy English and languages and art. Um, I play the violin, I play the piano a little bit but you know my side was always that kind of mathematical technology side of things and so that is what I kept doing through university and that was the career path I chose but I will say though subplot my dad was an electrical engineer, a power engineer so I think I, this is a great thing, I think I've always just assumed girls could be engineers and in tech because my dad was one. I didn't actually realise 
that when I went to university, I'd be one girl out of, I think, no, actually, I think it was four girls out of like 200. And so as we got further down the years in university, I think I was, it was two girls, two boys that made it into the master's degree. That was it, four of us. So it just shows you, you know, even though you might start as a minority, actually you might end up as the good majority as time goes on. So what about you, Matt? Tell us your education. So I grew up in a benefits household, so nobody was working throughout my childhood. And I went to state schools, moving upwards, and eventually got to A-level standard and optimistically took maths, physics, and computing. Oh, we did the same things. We did the same things. (laughs) The school had a reputation to build. Um, We were the first year that joined a newly built school. And they definitely wanted to come out of their first year of people doing A-levels with decent results, I think, for the league table. Mm. So I got kicked off of maths first. (laughs) Um, And to be fair, I was struggling, so I don't blame them. And then I um, dropped out of physics as well. Wow. Because that, again, was more challenging than I was willing to work for. And I ended up finishing computing. Mm. um, And then pondered university um kind of went to their pre-registration day okay yeah decided yep. it wasn't for me because it was overlapping with a lot of stuff i'd already done ah, right, um, yeah, even yeah. though probably it would have been worthwhile then i went back to college and started to do media studies a little bit oh wow did okay. that for about two months and <laughs> again didn't apply myself um so yeah i left education with one a level in computing and to be fair computing was my passion it was something Mm. that I was good at um, because it involves a lot of problem solving absolutely and also I guess learning stuff for yourself rather Mm. than things like physics and math which are predefined exactly it's Um, formulas so I quite enjoyed that and that's where I ended up so not quite the same level as you (laughs) um, but yeah, that's where I did it. Exactly. What you said, the university. What university was it you went to? Oh, it was just remember? a local. Oh, a local one in London. Yeah, a, lo- a local. <laughs> yeah, state you're kind making, of thing. No, you're making it sound like maybe one of prestigious. I was like, oh wow. No, no, no. No, but at least it's it's funny how there's common themes there. And then so for me, that background in science and tech. Well, I've needed that without doubt. And it's funny we ended up working at the same technology company. That's how we met, and we'll go into that. You know, our journeys to there, but. I definitely felt like I needed my background for the profession. So leading on from that, then obviously I went from university and then very much the assumption from my parents was you go get a job. So I was still living at home at this time through the first couple of years of university. And that was the scope. You know, I never really thought anything outside of possibilities of not being nine to five jobs I don't know maybe it was our kind of generation growing up nobody had well there was the internet internet when did I first use the internet 96 97 so yeah just before I left kind of high school so there was no chance of people really talking about internet businesses or not working the nine to five job it just wasn't a thing yet so that's what I then did I went into industry and I was an engineer for the first couple of years was it good? <laughs> um, it was different. <laughs> no, I, I ended up doing graduate level engineering jobs in the UK are probably akin to being 
technicians and things like that. And like, so I applied for a lot of graduate programs. I worked at the BBC actually for a couple of months in between school and university. That was super cool. Got to work on a number of different programs. But all the different things that I applied for, you would start as a graduate level. And unfortunately, the wages are just really low. Like back then, so I went into engineering in 2005 properly, 2004, um, and my wage was £8,000 a year. And even with inflation, you know, if you add it on what's equivalent of, it still felt like a little bit of money. I think it was like 150, 200 pounds a week I got given or something. So really it's, it felt small amounts. And so from that journey, working as an engineer, I did it for a couple of months and I thought this is not what I want to do. It felt hard graft. I didn't really enjoy practical engineering, I more enjoyed the theory. I liked learning how to program and work out the calculations and simulations and everything. And this was hard, this was proper designing robots and building them. I was the only engineer doing it. So from that then came a pivot. And one of my friends at the time, actually, they worked for a tech company and I went for an interview, just thought, why not? And I ended up getting the job. And what were you doing? What was the job? The job was being a server specialist. So that was my first proper tech job. So I basically got phone calls in. It was on like a hot desk. I was the server rep out of all these other sales reps that were on. So I was in sales for the first time ever. And my wage basically went from 8000 to 14000 I think it ended up with this. So, you know, you feel like you're doubling your money. And yeah, my job was to spec out servers and send quotes and hit sales targets and all that. It was very exciting. Wow. It's definitely a faster <laughs> and more interesting route than mine. I came out of my half effort college and um, basically I my plan was always to find a job. So although I've been brought up in a household where um, everyone was on benefits, I always knew that I was going to be working for my money. And because I didn't know any better, um, I just went straight into retail. So I worked yeah. for about three or four years in retail full time. Mm. So over a couple of retailers. And then I eventually found myself a job just working in data entry. Mm. And... I quite enjoyed it. It was in mm. central London um, and I enjoyed the work. And I think that the reason I enjoyed it was because I just found it easy and I was good at it. So I was probably entering data twice as fast as anybody else. <laughs> and I wasn't even trying that hard. Mm. So that's, I think I'd maybe learned prior to that. But by the time I got to that job, mm. it really stood out that I could deliver better than the people around me okay, yeah. when I set my mind to something. Mm. And that, that unlocks something in me to know, I guess, my capabilities. Mm -hmm. Whereas in retail, there's only so much you can demonstrate. <laughs> and that's it, exactly. And I should say, like, I had a couple of uni jobs and things like that, working in shops. But I think my experience of retail was so much so that I didn't want to do it. Like, retail is a hard graft. Like, to be honest, you tend to find the, the roles in society that are hard work you know, really, if you had to do them for 10, 12 hours, it's hard working in shops. It's hard working in supermarkets. Sometimes actually working at a desk is easier. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed the retail piece. I enjoyed times like Christmas where it was just super busy. Yeah, yeah, it would, And you're yeah, just it was, working it was. really hard and then the store closes and maybe you do a bit of overtime. And I suppose because I was um, quite good at my job there and I was slightly more senior and respected, then I could kind of, decide which pieces I was going to do so also 
I suppose I had some of the more favorable jobs. Mm. So I was less stuck behind the checkout mm. and more managing stock and doing other things like that. So definitely I got to pick and choose the tasks that I wanted to do. Mm. But I really enjoyed it. I like <laughs> doing a bit of hard work though. I like going out and digging up a garden. I know you're great. Well, I don't actually. like painting fences. Painting fences is horrible. But <laughs> most other jobs, I like a bit of manual labor. Mm, so do. I, really, I, I don't mind retail. I know. And I actually, skipping through the end. So I've been in the IT industry now for during 15 years but I will say I did have a break so some people if you've listened to a couple of past episodes I hinted at that I took a break a career break I am for about three years about 2007 to 2010 and I basically decided that I was going to run my own dance school I was a cheerleading coach I'd done cheerleading in university we were you know British champions I loved it I developed as a coach and a judge of the sport in the UK and yeah so I ran my own dance school so that was my first taste of being self-employed running my own business and I went back to the IT industry in 2011 till present day but that was my first proper and I worked with kids from the age of five all the way up to 20 almost different teams different competitions it was fantastic and I got a taste for the entrepreneur lifestyle so you won loads of trophies we did we went to Euro Disney and we were hip-hop champions cheerleading you know the proper stunting and dancing and all that we did that yeah it was fantastic so why did it stop Oh, so 2010, I started to not enjoy it. And I think this is something, if you're an entrepreneur or you're running your own business, you can maybe resonate. At this point in time, I was about 27, 28, 29, right? So I'm, and I'm also, I'm becoming a little bit older. It's actually a really good life lesson that I've learned because of that. So let me go back. So because in the nature of the dance school, you're working with parents and kids, okay? So you're trying to coach kids, but obviously the nature of it, you're ultimately also working with the parents and the guardians. And it just got to the point after a couple of years, I was not managing the parents and maybe the outer experience very well the kids were fantastic or you know the majority were were workable with and trying to inspire and realize what they were capable of I just it got too much I, I didn't allow I didn't allow myself to detach from other people's opinions about how I should do things I just got I, t- I got too worried about actually what other people thought of me as a teacher and a coach and trying to please everyone and it just got to that breaking point where I was like you know this I can't I can't do it because something's going to give and it's probably going to be me I'm going to probably not perform at my best or just not enjoy it and I just didn't want to keep going for years and years and just do it you know without my full heart behind it. I suppose the issue is that something like cheerleading isn't a mass sport in the uk yeah well it's bigger now it's it's much bigger bigger now now. but it's still not a mainstream activity Mm. and you've only got so many people that can fit in a team Mm. and not everyone is good enough to get into that first team at a point in time and i suppose if people are paying for things exactly and they expect their kids to do well and want them in that first team and you deem them not be good enough Mm. then obviously you can get challenges with people having a difference of opinion Mm -hmm. but ultimately you've come away with championships so you know what makes a good team you know what makes a good squad and everything else but I can understand how some parents would want their kids to be 
part of that trophy winning team yeah. but also not able to I mean you've seen it on the X Factor a lot of parents that go <laughs> yeah, with that's their kids and say vibe. oh look they're really great <laughs> and you hear them and you just wish they'd never been on TV that's the kind of vibe and I suppose that's where I can get over and it could well be it only might have taken a couple of people moaning and it would hit me hard remember I'm like 10 years down the line but actually the the great thing was that business being first of all taking money from people for something that I was good at taught me also how to accept services and deliver and customer experience and all that but equally you know YouTube well if you ever want people to disagree or you know comment against you in an open forum go to YouTube right and actually I developed a backbone because of it although I chose to stop because it was just not the right I just couldn't deal with it anymore I thought it was better if I was out of it the great thing was I then, as a lesson, realised that if I feel passionate, if I enjoy something, I'm just going to keep doing it. Regard, you can't please people. Like you're going to trigger people, either positive or negative. And now I get that lesson. So it's been it's been a really great, and also the performance side for me. So I actually performed. So it got me used to, you know, those butterflies in your tummy performing giving it your best your one take kind of thing you know you can't muck it up so it was all if you like uh, a foundation for what I do now and what I enjoy so I never had any kind of business to start at any point I never had any passion projects that I wanted to begin but I did manage to just I guess use my problem solving skills and Mm. find that they really did exist in a way that other people's maybe don't So I remember when I was working in a call center and I moved to a different position and we were using a spreadsheet which hadn't been updated in multiple years, password protected and looked (laughs) like it needed some work. And no one else had touched it. No one else, that person that built it had long left the business Mm, mm. and it was just sitting there just taking over. So I thought, well, I'll I'll find out how to password crack this. (laughs) So I did a password crack, got into it. All right. Um, And then I learned Excel. Yeah. I just fixed the problems that are in it. Mm. And then it became the thing that I ran with for years and years Mm. and built more on top of it and became, I guess you call it advanced user of Excel. Mm. So I fell into ultimately becoming a financial analyst, Mm -hmm. which was ultimately my last kind of roles that I've done. So I've worked in various businesses, um, the IT industry with you, and then in banking as well, but largely because I'm good with a spreadsheet. And that purely (laughs) begun just because I thought, well, why not not fix something that's broken? Why not work it out? And that's where my skill set has always been. And we sell spreadsheets now as well, very well. (laughs) And now we make spreadsheets and and sell those because they're wonderful tools. Mm. And also because of my experience of creating things for other people to use Mm. in the past, that means that you get the usability. Absolutely, um, yeah. And yeah, the focus always on user interface, making sure it works properly and giving really great outputs. And that's what I did as a job. And that's what I've done since for the Mama Furfa business. I know, it's incredible. It's incredible. And the thing that, the next lead on that I'll talk about is so throughout my kind of working career as well, there's another back plot that's helped me. And I've been part of different religious groups for the majority of my life. I've not been part of any definite one for the past seven, eight years. But 
during the couple of organizations that I've been part of, I've also had responsibilities. So in one church organization I was part of for a number of years, I was actually like, well, first of all, I used to teach every Sunday. So being a teacher in front of different classes, but then I was given responsibility of, we call, it was like a whole area. So maybe about seven or eight different churches I was responsible for in that community. And my job was to work with the leaders in particular organizations, make sure that they were okay. If they were struggling, there's anything I could help them with and organize events and activities. And because I had to give talks or, you know, conference seminars and things like that pretty much every month again I got used to being in front of people uh, researching you know knowing how to educate people on different levels all those kind of being in front of people and being a sales rep as well all my career pretty much outside the couple of months as an engineer has been that really great backbone to then being able to stand up in front of a camera or stand up in front of an audience and and really sell and and make sure I deliver a message and the key things I want to get over so eventually we got together yes just over eight years eight years ago indeed so we got together and we were living a normal life as far as both of us working day jobs Mm -hmm. no side hustles no external activities just nine to five jobs and that's where we were and then we had children yes (laughs) and then as you mentioned before um I came into the relationship with a bunch of debt. Absolutely. And that was a a stress in some ways, I guess. It was, uh, it was different it was a focal because I point. never, yeah, and I've explained this. This is maybe our mindset is different. So I'm a problem solver like you. And so when you, you know, presented the information about how much debt you had and what, where it came from didn't matter. The fact, I loved the fact that we kind of sat down and made a plan to attack it together, if you remember. Like that was when the first spreadsheet was born. And I can't remember if you designed it, but basically we worked out a plan to put, you know, a debt roll off, kind of pay off as quickly as we could. I think you made the budget spreadsheet. (laughs) Um, I think you found a a template or something somewhere and then you started to use it. Mm. And then eventually I noticed you were using it and decided to make a version that actually suited us better Mm, and work better. But I think that was the start of saying, right, we can do something different Mm. because when you put your focus onto something like clearing debt, that means you've got to allocate your money differently. That means you've got to think about your money and think about how you're living your life. Absolutely. And the moment you do that in one area, and you do it for a period of time, it's very easy to then switch that to a different focus at another point. Mm. So once you get rid of debt or make whatever your focus is, once you focus on that and you spend a year, two years, whatever it is on that, Mm. then it's very easy to shift that surplus and that mindset to somewhere different. And that's exactly what happened. You were looking, I think you were on maternity leave with Sam. Um, no, so with Nathan, did, actually, the first Yeah, time. it was Nathan, but Nathan wasn't born yet when we actually made the first plan, if you remember. Nathan was due, I think, like a couple of months down the line, and then that kind of kicked off. And that, that's the thing, that I had been very much like kind of just manage money, didn't have any debt, but manage money as in what comes in, you save some, didn't pay into a pension, didn't invest, none of those things. It was just like, you know, you save some, you build up funds. And then, so when we both had to learn new strategies, because you obviously didn't have a healthy relationship with spending or you wouldn't have had the Absolutely debt in the not. background, right? You must have been overspending. You must have been using a credit card as that kind I, of guarantee. I've been 
you know, using like a, cre- a credit card. A credit I've been using a credit card badly since I was 18. And could yeah, get one. exactly. It's been a lifestyle, right? So we needed a complete change of attitude. I needed to learn saving and paying off habits. And you needed to learn just different ways of living within your means and not restriction in that way. So out of that, we obviously then had the process of a, a family. And it wasn't until then I was in my second maternity leave. So the couple of months, a uh, couple of years down the line. So I was I was pregnant with Sam. I think Sam had just been bo- born. And I remember then we were uh, very much into like researching different personal finance topics and things like that. And you actually came, I was just talking about how to pay off the debt quicker because it still wasn't paid off yet a couple of years down the line it was still a long hog and I remember you came home with a title of a book suggestion do you remember what was it it was I will teach you to be rich by Ramath Sethi that was the first book you ever bought me yeah I think I'd money. seen it on a Reddit site or something somewhere. right yeah, I'd seen it somewhere online and it looked like it was interesting and because you were into looking of how to, I guess, manage your money better yep, and be yep, better exactly. with it, it looked like something you'd be interested in. And I think you read it and you certainly didn't take from it everything there was. No, no, no. There, no, I've read it multiple times now. But yeah, that was the first ever personal finance book that I got because in the the past week or the past month when Sam was born, I got my hands on The 4-Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. Again, another kind of classic break out the nine to five and my mind was blown that people didn't have to work a nine to five job for money I just didn't believe it was you know it didn't seem plausible that you could have passive incomes you know where you get paid even though you don't have to work a day job and everything just blew my mind and then that was the start of a journey into personal finance but the subplot to that was the more books I read they just has this underlying US theme to all of them and so out of that it then became I had a love for YouTube I used to watch YouTube and really enjoy it while I was pregnant with Sam then became the thought of well wait a minute I could even help people with personal finance. I could well, make some go, videos. Go, go back a little bit. I oh, think yeah, we've missed be, out a company, haven't so, we? So before you started to make personal finance videos, mm. you were making videos about Just about motherhood. Things. Yeah, just like... Motherhood, kind of, shopping hauls, yeah, various bits and pieces. Kinds of things like that. Just because you wanted to... You saw that online content was exactly. doing quite well yep. and could be a business idea, um, but it definitely wasn't streamlined or focused. No, no, no. It was just because I was watching those type of videos on YouTube loved them and I thought you know what there seems to be UK people mummies doing it so I'll do the same and then as part of that you started producing products I did indeed so the first actually I've forgotten about a whole other company haven't I so just while I was pregnant with Sam so 2016 ish I decided to start a company I decided after reading the four hour work week that I was going to create a drop shipping company and it was all going to be t-shirts and sweatshirts and different items all about engineering or STEM subjects because I was a STEM ambassador in the UK so that means I I love to talk about you know science, tech, engineering, maths, promote it especially to young women, encourage them through the ranks and so I decided to make products to kind of celebrate being an engineer, being you know in maths, physics, everything and so I set up a drop shipping company for that passive income. So a dropshipping company, basically you don't hold any stock. No. And when an order comes in, 
then you send it off and then in our particular case mm. they basically printed the products and sent them out to the person that bought them absolutely so it was completely hands-off yep no um, stock nothing we just did the designs and it was all yeah online and we never interacted with anything so that one didn't take off um, it didn't lose any money, no. but I think it ended up, because we sent out a few promo things here yeah. and there, it ended up probably a break-even. But also, I don't think we didn't throw anything into it as far as advertising, as no, far as and massive see, effort. Yeah, exactly. So I was passionate about it, but I didn't do a lot of, like with any company like that, if you're brand new, you have to be on Instagram and Facebook promoting, you have to get your message out. And I was just more looking for organic people finding me, which I did. I did sell a lot. I think I ended up selling maybe 20 or 30 different units, but that's not enough for a business. And you're selling like one a week rather than needing to sell hundreds a week, if you yeah. know what I mean. And I thought that the product was a bit too niche to be able to make it large enough scale to make a difference. So that one, it didn't fail, just we didn't give it the best chance exactly. of success. It wasn't that project, it was a learning curve. And the great thing about it is it gave us a lot of learning experience as far as setting up a web store, Absolutely. setting up yep. products, um, learning about drop shipping, and lots of other things. So actually it was really valuable and some of the things we've learned from that mm. are still being used now. Absolutely. Yeah, because we're doing, yeah, at, we're at doing downloadable products and everything. The other thing that I learned was I learned about passive incomes. Like It was my first attempt at making passive incomes because I was learning about investing and other things like that but in my mind that was the only way I could think of having products to sell I didn't have yet the concept of mama for for the you know talking about money and and books and courses and everything like that so that was the company obviously that's not around we closed that company you know many years ago because it wasn't setting us on fire we weren't so i wasn't super passionate about it i loved it i thought it was a great idea but because it was just taking a lot of effort you know what it's like the inspired action didn't feel like it was natural it felt like i was having to do something so it naturally kind of fell away so then we move forward and you're making youtube content i think you had made one or two money videos interspersed with the other things absolutely that you were doing. yeah that's right and then we had a chat because you weren't really, I think like a lot of people when you start off with YouTube, mm. you were down the line and you didn't have nearly as many followers <laughs> as you would want to. You yes. see all these other people with tons all these of followers. viral videos, exactly. thousands and, of subs. <laughs> and you didn't have anything like that. No. As a majority have the same situation. And you, it wasn't quite a crisis, but you definitely had no, these I had moments. that kind of, I don't think it was a crisis. I had the moment where I just was like, it I, should feel easier than well, this. Well, I think this you had this, why work. am I doing this? Yeah, what's, yeah, yeah, exactly. What's the point? Why am I doing it? It's not going anywhere. It just doesn't feel like it's, it's worth it. And then we had a discussion. And I think the question that I asked you is, what are you doing it for? What's the point? What do you want to do? What do you want to achieve? And you came out of that with the thought process and the, I guess, the focus that you actually wanted to help people. Yes. So then... And particularly about money. Exactly. I had that real burning. As you said, I made a couple of videos about money and I just got that sense that night after we chatted, I should make videos about money. So then I, shift, I shifted the narrative entirely around how many followers, how much success, when it might make, make an income. And it's purely, how about you focus on helping people? Mm. If that's what you want, 
then keep that in your head. And certainly it's something that um, in the early months mm. along the line, we've had to kind of step back to in the mind. That's the point. That's the why. We discussed why on the previous episode of podcast. Absolutely. And the why then was helping people, educating people and getting anybody that's willing to watch the content that maybe isn't in the right place to a place where they can move forward with their life and with their finances in a better place. Absolutely. And out of the back of that, so we're now two and a half years down the line, Mama Furfur definitely now feels like a 50-50 with my day job. So in terms of actually hours put in, I feel like I'm probably more condensed with the work I put in for Mama Furfur. I'm not doing, you know, 40 hours in any stretch compared to my day job. But I feel like what I achieve constantly moves it forward during the week. And so, yeah, deciding to make money videos, being one of the only few people that was doing it back then, I still feel that I'm part of, there's probably a little bit more, you know, there's a good maybe 20, 30 content creators now when back then there was only maybe five of us but that's been the constant thing that actually now has led me to really feel inspired I've, I've created books and courses you know when you actually just latch onto something that feels right and I think it's the right variable of a business for me first of all I don't really work well when I've got to please others like if other people are accountable to me and that means, you know, customers or whatever. With YouTube and any of my products, I'm detached. So I just put my best out there. And then those people then have a decision whether they buy from me, they watch my videos, they click on my Instagram. I feel I'm detached from it further than I've ever been in a business. Also, I think what helps with YouTube is that you create the content on one moment in time. Absolutely. You passive. then Same edit it. Um, and then you put it online and you can put it instantly or schedule it. But there, there's that additional detachment because you're not recording live, getting live feedback. Mm. Instead, you're maybe a week difference between when you record and when you put something Absolutely. out. Sometimes less, sometimes a bit more. But it helps that detachment where mm. you are just producing your best work and making sure that the focus is is this information going to be useful to people? Yeah, exactly. Is someone going to be able to learn something and go away and hopefully be in a better place than before they watch a video? Absolutely, that's my only hope. And also that level removed, as I say, I really love just kind of putting out messages, what I've been inspired by, what I think people are maybe struggling with, what I've found has been useful in our own personal finance journey and with money. Like our goal, my goal is just to leave people in a better situation so that they understand money is not in lack in your life. Particularly living in the UK right now, we probably don't understand how much opportunity, how lucky we are. And my hope is I kind of give that sense. I'm always going to be positive when I talk about money and opportunity because I know how much opportunity we actually have to really create incomes we want and do great things with. And then as this has just progressed for us, as we're getting out towards these later years, you know, coming up to present day, what have we seen? Well, because those projects have been inspired and felt right and we've been passionate, they've actually allowed our household income to go where we did make choices over who gets to stay at home, who looks after the kids, and really as I've talked about it also opened up discussions about flexibility with work so as in how many days in the office do you want to be you know do you want to be at home some days of the week a whole lot of opportunities to us that I always deep down knew I wanted with life and it's not been since actually starting these passion projects and everything 
I now see the way that I've had this goal of being at home with the kids and, you know, really being passionate about whatever I do. And it's actually the navigation through life has got me there. Now, as you mentioned, we made some changes to our world um, as far as employment. So we were both looking at, I guess, our life and looking after the kids and everything else. And we were judging between us which one of us should quit our job. So we were aiming to try and have a certain amount of income or money in the bank at the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then life just said, you know what, just do it. Just (laughs) do it because you can you can get by, you'll be fine, it will work out. So it ended up, I guess, because my commute was so long. Absolutely. And probably, yeah, my working life also had less days from home than Mm. yours. Mm. So it was more detrimental to the lifestyle that we wanted for me to work. So I became a stay-at-home dad. And that's been working really well since and the great Mm -hmm. thing is I've been able to spend more time with the kids more time with the family and also have more time to collaborate on the things that we want to do I know and then this last year so not only has it been a pandemic but some of the things we've been able to do this year as a family is well we started this podcast we've been I've had the idea of a podcast you've been trying to get me to do a podcast for probably a year and actually this pandemic has allowed us to sit down and create a project our first project together which has been incredible I'm not sure it was a pandemic so <laughs> no, you, it was. We started the pandemic. We, we did start the pandemic, but I don't think it was the pandemic. I think we'd always had the idea, so maybe. I don't think the podcast in our heads ever looked like this. No. It nope. wasn't this. It was going to be me, probably, wasn't But I it? think that what happened was we came together to talk about it, and then the idea just came in mind as to what it was going to be and how it was mm. going to be. And the great thing is, I think both of us are very action-driven. If we've got an mm. idea and we like it, then we'll just get on with it immediately we won't mess around we won't wait weeks months years to do something we'll actually get on so it happened to be at the start of the pandemic but it wasn't pandemic driven I think it was just that the idea of a podcast was around for probably 12 months before Mm. and we finally got to a point where the shape that we came out with was right for what we wanted to achieve oh it's absolutely perfect and we love making this podcast we you know what we do is we tend to sit at night time like I'm looking at the clock it's nearly nine o'clock at night as we do it but it's our little space to come together and create and it's absolutely wonderful and the other thing that's happened in the past couple of months is the mama fur fur kind of stuff on the side has actually allowed us to start a proper company the profits now from that that we're producing need to be justified in a limited company rather than me being a sole trader. So properly recognised as a company now that we've built and are building together, which is just phenomenal. And I think I've always had this goal and I think I've got passion really for being my own boss, but also sharing gifts and talents. And it's just been incredible that everything so far, you know, working in the corporate life, the different ways that I've worked as well, you know, in sales, helping people, coaching, I can see the little beautiful little weaved in and out of things that are leading me to this. And this might not be the final stop, you know, it might then be, I'd love to still keep coaching and be write more books and develop better things to help people and really do a lot of good and I'm really excited to see what then this is just like the springboard off to something else so the wonderful thing is obviously as you said we started the limited company Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of that's been driven by the revenue Mm. the great thing is though that revenue because of we're very much focused on giving away at least 10% especially from the company as well 
the great thing is that revenue comes into the company mm. and before any tax or profit or anything comes out of it we get to do good that, things with it that gets to do good things and to help out causes that we believe in which i think is very important and key to one of the reasons at least we believe mm. that the success is going the way we want it to mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's putting back out in the world not only are we trying to help people as far as the mama fur fur channel yep. and also hopefully this podcast too hopefully people can take nuggets of information from it and inspiration from it to drive themselves forward but also we're able to do something i suppose a bit more tangible with um, the income that comes in absolutely so, what's ahead what's the future <laughs> what's the plans i don't know forward? i think we've always the hope of this podcast episode was to maybe kind of explain some of the path but also to show that if you're on a path like us like we just came from normal backgrounds normal university it's really only kicked up a notch in the past three four years probably but we, also we, didn't, <laughs> we didn't even know and we still don't know now like if you say what do you want to do in the next couple of years I don't know. Just I, go with I, the floor. I, I, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. But <laughs> what I do know is that if you'd asked three years ago what we'd be doing. Mm, it would not be this. It could not have guessed this. it in a milestone. And no, exactly. And I think, yeah, I, I want to keep making content for Mama Furfur, the Kemp's and House, this podcast. I definitely want to write another book this year. I think I that's think you've got another three books in you. You've got another three? <laughs> I think you've got another three that you could easily map out. Probably. Probably, actually. But yeah, I'd love to write more books. I think that's going to happen over the next couple of months as the kids go, you know, are more back at school, more routine. I'd love to do that. I love helping people. Um, but yeah, and I'm excited to just keep taking inspired action where it feels right. And I think what has driven us, we're focused on things that amplify our talents, you know, what our skill set is, and also keep the motivation that, you know, everything will work out, we'll be supported in life. I always believe that the house will be looked after, there'll be food in our bellies. If we just keep doing what feels right, then you go with the best intention. So as I've explained, like I've had businesses that haven't worked, you know, this is not my first attempt at a business and boom, we've hit, you know, something that's tangible. I've had past businesses and I've chosen either to leave them or, well, in most cases, that's what's happened, isn't it? I've decided to actually stop them. But that shows you the power of actually just doing something because everything has led to this point. And my hope is with this podcast in particular, as an entrepreneur, you know, and doing these side hustles, that I'll give you some faith in the journey. It's not going to be the first income that you pick will be the one. I don't even know if Mama Furfur is the stepping stone to the next one that comes along. But what I do know is I'm going to embrace everything and I know when my passion's in it. I know when things feel right and then the rewards come as well that allow you to keep doing that. So as I say, I really hope this journey explained from both our sides, been a little bit different from our normal podcast, but I hope it's been something through it that maybe glimpses of it. You can say, ah, that sounds a bit like my life or that sounds very similar to a path that I think I'm going to take next. And hopefully it'll give you faith in your journey. You'll figure it out. You'll know exactly the way to go. And it's all part of the bigger picture starting to develop. Absolutely. And I, I guess if you look at both of our pasts and our backgrounds and where we are today and the things we do, these things, the characteristics that we have, the confidence on camera that Jennifer has and the information and knowledge, that's all come from various journeys and paths along the way, various successes and failures and lessons and everything else. And ultimately, 
we're no different to anybody else as far as the ability to get something done. It's just that we've had the focus more recently mm. and I guess the clarity in, in what we like to do. And that's come from a joy and a passion yeah. of, I guess, finding the why. But Mama Furfer is definitely about helping people and hopefully this podcast you'll definitely get something from and can see that the journey is possible for anybody mm. to be wherever you want to it's just not necessarily a journey that you can start and find massive success over two or three months you've got to be persistent you've got to give things time and you've also got to make sure that you have a passion for it if you don't have that passion then I don't think you'll have the commitment to make it last and also it's okay if you start something and you realize it's not for you mm. and you learn something from it and then you move on to something else. Absolutely. So I hope today you've really enjoyed this podcast. A bit of a side shuffle from our normal content. But if you are diving into this one, first of all, why not check out the other episodes where we do cover a range of topics about wealth, health, how also we manage life, side hustles and day jobs and family life, getting the balance right and some of the things we've learned along the way. This has just been our journey to hear right now obviously your journey is unique to you but I truly hope listening to the kind of ordinary backgrounds that we've had it would inspire you to say that you don't need to copy our journey but think of any journey that you want to go towards and I know you can achieve it with inspired action and just keep going you might even make a lot of mistakes along the way but at least you're keeping going on that journey so that's it that's episode 15 done <laughs> yes you're surprised that we got to 15 aren't you no i love it absolutely love it there's so many more to go so thank you so much for listening today and please do check out the rest of the episodes and especially important hit that subscribe button so you never miss when a new episode launches and also why not leave a little five-star review? It takes two seconds to tell us you've enjoyed this episode or any other ones. You know, there tends to be a lot of people who have enjoyed it. We're very thankful for all the kind reviews. So why not be one of them as well? Give it a five-star review, help somebody else find it in the algorithms all to do with podcasts. So thank you so much for listening today. We will speak to you very soon. <laughs>